morning, guys. If I haven't uh, said um, hello to you and uh, Happy New Year, because uh, many of you I haven't seen yet, just uh, uh, Happy New Year and uh, good to see your faces. And um, yeah, it's good to be back in church. So we've, uh, we've been off for about uh, two, two weeks. Um, I know some of you, it's their, their first uh, church in a while. They've been off for a few weeks as well. And your, your first, first time back, that's, uh, that's us as well. And um, being back in church the first time, I feel like I need to warm up. You know? I, was, uh, I saw that I was down for preaching uh, for, for this Sunday. I thought, Yo, you know, the first, the first preach of the year... Uh, I know the preaching tends to warm up when we get a bit more front-footed and aggressive in the Lord and in the Spirit, which is a good thing. Um, but let me, let me warm it up for the year uh, today. It's the first uh, Sunday of the year, so let me, uh, let me attempt to warm it up uh, in the Lord, and, and let's just trust for, for amazing messages and, and how the Lord takes us um, this year. Could we move this maybe a little bit this, this way, a little bit more to the middle? That's perfect. Yeah, thanks, David. So the, um, the year, when we start the new year, especially um, the world in general, we start off with New Year's resolutions. And uh, who, uh, who actually had a New Year's resolution that they actually thought of around about the time that the clock went to midnight on the 31st of December? Did any New Year's resolutions partial mind, very, very common. And uh, I felt like the Lord remind me about New Year's resolutions, and I actually looked up the uh, top uh, New Year's resolutions um, for U.S. adults. So they did a survey in October 2023 of the top 2024 resolutions. And why I'm saying that is I'm saying we're all here, every single one of us, with a year in front of us, 2024. What's 2024 going to hold for each one of us? And I felt like the Lord say, as Joe's word confirmed earlier, is that we need to position ourselves in faith. Start the year today in faith, not in fear. I know there's probably a lot to fear, but don't place yourselves there because God is with us. God is with you. And start the year, that first foot that you put into 2024, starts it in faith, not in fear. And the devil would want you to put that first foot or be tempted to put that first foot forward in fear. What's 2024 going to hold? Especially if you had a tough 2023 um, or, or more. You've had a tough few years. Put your foot forward in faith. Can you do that today? Can that, I feel like that's the direction coming through from the Lord, from the elders this morning, is let's go forward in faith. Amen? So what are most people thinking about? So this is the survey they did, uh, 417 U.S. adults in October 2023. 59% said to save more money. 50% to, said to exercise more. 47% said to eat more healthy. 40% said to spend more time with family and friends. 19% said to spend less time on social media. And the all-time classic when I always think about New Year's resolutions is, and I know this is not necessarily relevant for 
many of us or any of us here, but to quit smoking. And before I got saved at 18, I, was a, I smoked for a year, so I knew how hard it was to quit smoking. But I always think of a New Year's resolution that is iconic, and that's to quit smoking. And what's interesting is the Royal Society for Public Health uh, did a survey as well, and out of Britain's top 10 New Year's resolutions, quitting smoking was the most difficult to. Around a third of the UK's 10 million smokers try to quit every year. So 3 million Brits try to quit smoking every year, but only 4% of those who try to quit remain smoke-free a year later. 4%. That's... Uh, that's the effectiveness of New Year's resolutions. Researchers found, this is from the Ohio State University 2023, researchers found that only 9% of Americans that make resolutions complete them. In fact, research goes on to show that 23% of people quit their resolution by the end of the first week. That's now. And 43%, that's almost half, quit by the end of January. And why is that? Because New Year's resolutions tend to be done by human effort. And human effort is not what the Lord has called us to. And I think some of those prophetic words were coming through earlier. It's relying on God, don't rely on yourself. Someone else shared that as well. I think it was Tanya. So what are your dreams for 2024? A better car, more obedient children, a better vacation... <laughs> Zach is, but you, that's not, that doesn't apply to you, Zach. You're perfectly obedient. A raise, less stress at work, more devotion to God, better character. If you approach these dreams for the year by human effort, you're likely to fail. But if you approach the year differently, submit yourself to God, and by the need to him, you're going to have an incredible year in him. And I know each one of us that's the hope of our heart, that we have an incredible year. So let's step forward in faith. I think most of us know that uh, human effort, I think we've been, uh, many of us are mature enough in the Lord to know that human effort not only can't save us, but it can't sustain us. That we save by faith, and we need to continue by faith. We don't we can't be tempted to be saved by faith and then switch to works, which was the challenge for the Galatians. That Paul said to the Galatians, you started in the Spirit, are you now trying to be perfected in the flesh? Many of you have walked with the Lord for many, many years. Don't change the game plan. The game plan is the same as it's always been. We started in faith, we need to finish in faith. Let's continue in faith. Let's put 2024 in front of us and say, 2024 is going to be a year of faith for me. I'm not going to be tempted to do this in my own strength. And what is it about ourselves that we often do that? We often want to bring it back under our control. And Peter's testimony was brilliant. We always, why do we want to be in control? Don't be tempted. The Lord is in control and we need to trust Him and let Him remain in control for 2024. So today we'll look at that and how can, we, um, how can we stay in that place? And hopefully by the end of this message, you guys can go, you know what? I'm fired up. I'm not going to be tempted to 
uh, rely on myself, and, be, and, and which will always take us down a path of fear. But I'm going to be stepping forward in faith and I'm going to be victorious because I'm following Jesus and he's going to lead me into victory. Amen. For all the things that we're trusting the Lord for, there's so many things. Each life here, I mean, there's, you know, 200 people here, more. There are so many things that each one of us is trusting the Lord for. So many concerns. But the Lord will take us forward. The Lord will take you forward. We can't trust in ourselves. Um, Samson is the classic story. You know, Samson uh, was very, very gifted and anointed. But there came a point where he tried to do something in human effort. After his hair was cut and the Lord left him, he tried to wrestle himself free from the Philistines. But he couldn't because he didn't realize that the Lord had left him. And the Lord has been with you guys, many of you, for years and years and years Don't leave the Lord suddenly, because as soon as you try to switch on to your human effort, you're going to fail like Samson did. And eventually Samson came to his senses, unfortunately later in his life, but it has a fairly happy ending. We pick it up in Judges 16, 28 to 30. After Samson transitions from human effort, he transitions back to the Lord. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, sovereign Lord, and you can see the humility of his heart. He's humbling himself before God. He's looking to God not looking to himself. And that's where Samson had failed. And that Tanya's picture about the, the sunflower. Keep, you're the sunflower. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Jesus is the sun. And Samson took his eyes off himself and his own strength and put it back on the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me. I mean, all Samson is thinking about at that moment is, is the Lord. Please, God, strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Because they had taken out his eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which the temple stood. Bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. As long as we rely on the Lord, everything is going to be all right. But if you rely on yourself, that won't be the case. The other example is Jacob. So Jacob from birth knows that he's got a call, but he's always driven by human efforts. He, 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 he tries to grab Esau's uh, heel when he's coming out of his mother's womb. I mean, even from, from before birth, he's got that like, I can do it, you know, and fails. He doesn't even come out first, you know, so fails there. And, um, and then um, uh, afterwards, you know, he's trying to get the, the birthright again, and, he, and, and he, he disguises himself as his brother Esau, because Esau came out first. He would get the, 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 the firstborn birthright, covers his, his arms in uh, animal skin to fool his father so he can get the blessing of his father. And just that drive of human effort. But when is, when is the transition period for Jacob? Is when he wrestles with the angel and, the, and his hip is dislocated and it becomes a moment of surrender. And at that point, Jacob becomes Israel. No longer by human effort. Lord, I will do this your way. Not my way, but your way. I know you've put these dreams in my heart, 
but you're going to do it, not me. If I try to accomplish these dreams by my wisdom and my strength, I'm going to fail. Or it's just going to be a miserable journey. But if I surrender to the Lord and say, Lord, take my life. I can't do this. He will take over. Jesus, take the will. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says that godly sorrow brings repentance. That leads to salvation, leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow or human effort brings death. You can see two types of sorrow there. Godly sorrow brings repentance or change. Worldly sorrow or human sorrow doesn't change anything. Our New Year's resolutions need to be in Him, not our own. And that's why we see statistically how all our own stuff fails miserably. But the Lord's stuff is something different. So as we begin 2024, I would encourage you to try hear the Lord for 2024. What does the Lord have for you? And, and take your agenda off the page, like completely. Like I know you might want a better car. I know you might want a better, more obedient children. Just, just, just take it off the page. Start with a clean slate right now. Lord, I have no desires. Lord, what are you going to put in front of me? Just start clean this year. Forget about 2023. Forget about, I mean, some of you might have some ongoing projects that you can't drop. But in general, you know, don't, don't have, you know, when we have our own desires and we take them for the Lord, Andrew teaches that even prophecy can feed into those idols. You can be at the front waiting for that confirmation, which is actually an idol of, of your desire. I want this. And then the person prophesying may even prophesy into that idol. And then you get more confirmation. You think this is the Lord, and it's not even the Lord. Lay down. Let us lay down our will. And say, Lord, your will, not mine, be done. I, find, I saw this quote, I was looking at famous quotes, you know, because Google is, makes preaching incredibly interesting these days because you can get so many, such fast access to information. But I couldn't find who actually came up with this quote, but I think it's brilliant. It says, prayer is not about changing God's mind. It's about aligning our hearts and minds with His will. Let's not go pray and try change God and say, God, won't you bless this and won't you do this? Why don't we say, God, what do you want? Because your plan is better. What do you want for 2024? Not what I want. And let my heart be changed. Because he always knows better. And we can know what God is thinking. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, For those for who has understood the mind of the Lord. So we know that the Lord has mind. The Lord has thoughts. The Lord thinks things. Uh, so, as to instruct, so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. We can know what the Lord is thinking. We can know what the Lord is thinking on a variety of topics. You can pick his brain on any topic. He may not answer, but it's, it's amazing how much he does answer. He will answer when he needs to answer. <laughs> on that which he needs to say, he'll say, you know, I think sometimes we bring things before him 
but the question is wrong. We, we're bringing through a desire. He doesn't even want to answer it because it's probably not even from him. But you can still ask. He is very, very patient with us and very accommodating of our weakness. You know, you might be in the store and say, Lord, which chocolate should I choose? The variety is so great. And will, will he answer? I'm not sure. He might. But if you say, Lord, who would you like me to marry? Which is an extremely more important uh, question than which chocolate should I uh, choose? I, I'm sure that with such an important question, he will answer in the right time. But we need to also lay that at his feet. The Lord has a mind, and we can know his mind. And who will reveal the mind of the Lord to us for 2024 is the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 9-11 says that the Holy Spirit searches the mind of God. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. That's a beautiful promise. God has incredible things for each one of us. Amazing things for each one of us that we cannot even imagine. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal to us the incredible things that God has for us. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Um, Peter started on a scripture, which I, is something I added uh, today. It's Romans 12, 2. And the Lord wants us, even as we look at 2024, to change our mind or have a mind renewed. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Don't think like this world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. And the things that are important to us might not be the things that are important to God. And that uh, Anton said to me when I said on what I was preaching, I said, um, I said, what I'm preaching in a nutshell is we need to, uh, our first step for 2024 needs to be in faith. We need to be committed to the path of faith. And we need to be hearing what is the path of faith. Now, we don't get to choose the path of faith. Who chooses the path of faith? For 2024 for you, it's God. So we need to say, commit our path to Him. And we need to be transformed in our mind to see what's important to Him. Sometimes things that are important to Him are not important to us and vice versa. And also, sometimes things that make sense to Him don't make sense to us. Often. But we need to transform our minds so that our minds become like His. And we start to think like his, and that's the mind of Christ. Now we're thinking what God thinks. And then when we look at 2024, we see what's important to him for our lives. Not what we think is important for our lives. And you might be surprised at what you even, can, the Lord might think is important. And you might be surprised at what you think the Lord thinks is not important. And Anton actually shared with me, um, what was that thing that you said, Anton, that you actually sent back on that WhatsApp? Um, yeah, so Anson said, you know, the natural thing that we would imagine in life is to be successful. And the Lord actually said to Anson for 2024, I didn't call you to be successful, I called you to be faithful. 
You know, success to God and success to us might be on the, the different page. Which page are we on? Because if we're here to please just impress people around us, uh, that's not the page that God's on. We are on here to impress the hand of not a whole bunch of people clapping. We're here to impress the hand of one hand clapping, and that's the hands of God. And don't let anyone judge you if you feel like this is the thing. You hear it, you're looking for the clap of God. Yeah, whether man confirms it, I'm not talking about not submission to leadership and getting wisdom. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about our primary is Lord. I want to know what you call me to, and I want to hear your clap at the end of this life. Even if I don't hear any other claps. Because your clap is the clap that lasts for eternity. And the claps here will fade. Because we know what man is like. Man is, you know, up and down. Uh, Isaiah 55, 8 to 11 says, God talking, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways. Your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my, my thoughts than your thoughts. Can we get that into our heart right now? And if there's any flesh in us that wants to rely on ourselves, that we actually repent of it today and say, God, you are more clever than me, and I trust in your ways. As the rain and the snow, and then it goes on to talk about him achieving his word. In Acts 10, 13 to 15, um, Peter has an opinion on something. So Peter thinks that only Jews can be saved. Peter's a Jew. He grew up with Jesus. He, he, well, he was discipled by Jesus. He was a Jew. They only saw the work of God predominantly amongst Jews. And the Lord had to shift him on that. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. That he had a, a picture of unclean animals uh, like pigs and stuff. You know, we know that Jewish people won't have bacon, okay? But he hears a voice, the voice of God. It says, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And we know that later, uh, Peter shifts on his attitude towards the Gentiles and starts to, from that point in time, embracing Gentiles, which is the rest of the world, and not just being exclusive to Jews. You know, Peter's testimony is so clear. Well done, Peter. It was a beautiful testimony for your faithfulness and and listening to Anton, to, to, uh, I know what it's like when you get the call, you know. Oh, my, my relaxing Sunday. What happened? But, you know, he said God punched him in the chest. God punched Peter in the chest there and gave him a revelation. And Peter heard God's voice for 2024. And he, you know what's interesting? What he said in his testimony. He says, I don't care what I think. I don't care if it makes sense. I'm tithing. Because he... he Got a personal download from the Lord, and the Lord punched him in the chest. And what he's, it make, it, he doesn't care if it makes sense to him or not. It makes sense to God. So he decided, sorry, I'm not doing a tithing preacher, yeah? Uh, it's just an example. Um, but um, we, we respect you on your journey there. So, um, but I tithe, I've tithed since I was 18, okay? Um, just throwing out there. Any time I've ever been poor is the one month that I didn't tithe, okay? So, you know, the Lord... The Lord dealt with me. I had my own punch in my chest. So um, do not call, uh, uh, Peter, 
Do not, God said to him, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. I tell you what, when, when, when Peter heard that, that word, it would have been like a punch in his chest. He would have gone, whoa. But he had to change his mind to God's mind. He wasn't like, no, no, God, you change your mind to my mind. It doesn't work like that. We need to have our minds changed. Romans, um, Romans 12, 2, which we uh, referred to earlier, talked about a transforming of our mind. And if we look at Romans 12, 2 again there, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need to have our thoughts change to the thoughts of God. We need to be spending time with God, listening to His mind, hearing His thoughts. You know, Mother Teresa, I saw another quote from her. Mother Teresa was talking about the noise of the world is drowning out the voice of God. And we need to have, we need to quieten ourselves enough that we can hear His whisper. When He whispers His thoughts on things, and are we hearing His whisper? Are you hearing His whisper? I, I challenge you. If you haven't for 2024 yet, or you like a little bit, yo, it's noisy. Monday morning, tomorrow morning, or even tonight, whenever, go and say, Lord, I want to hear you whisper. And we see the example uh, with Jesus, and I'm going to jump a little bit here. Um, Luke 6:12. So Jesus needs to, to, to choose uh, the 12 disciples, it's a pretty big task. I mean, like he's about to set history in place, you know. No one's ever going to forget who the 12 disciples are. It's a pretty important decision. But Jesus doesn't just go and willy-nilly just go choose a whole bunch of disciples. What does he do? One day soon afterwards, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. All night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. So even Jesus needed to hear the whisper of the Father that he didn't even trust his own opinion on who the 12 disciples were going to be. Are you hearing his whisper? And he prayed all night. And he went up on a mountain. Why on a mountain? Because I tell you what, they, they generally don't have cities on top of mountains. It would have been super quiet up there. You know, I don't think he just liked the breeze up there. You know, it was probably hard to hear the whisper. You know, what's your quiet place? I mean, I know... There's only like, not, we don't have a lot of mountains around here. But you know what? You know that little place in your house where you can just have five minutes to yourself. You know, just grab your coffee and just go, Lord, I want to quieten myself now and hear your whisper. And, and not bring my desires and my agenda, you know, because we come with a shopping list. You know, we, we have our quiet time and then, <clears throat> Lord, here's my 20 things. I need to, to, hear, to hear what you have to say on each one of these. I tell you, you're not going to hear a whisper. There's this noise. There's 20 noises there. Take your 20 noises. We need to take, I'm sounding very directive. Take your noises, your 20 noises, and put them aside and say, Lord, I have a blank page. What do you have for me today? I tell you, that's when we hear the witness, the, the, the whisper, because the noise is away. Amen? We need to go about his stuff. This is my point three or four. We need to go about his stuff, not ours. You know, we got that famous prayer, God bless the work of my hands. Uh, you know, you can pray it, but it's not, it's not optimum. Uh, even Jesus said in John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by itself. He only, he only does. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because what the Father does, the Son also does. 
I would encourage you in 2024, get about what the Lord is doing in your life for 2024. And have the same attitude as Jesus here. The son can do nothing by himself. I mean, how's the humility of Jesus? He can only do what he sees his father doing. So he, Jesus finds out what the father's doing, and he gets about what the father's doing. I tell you what, we become so front-footed as a congregation, as a family, because each one of us contribute to this family, and ideally we should all be running hard. So let's encourage one another so that we're running hard. You know, when I read that, I just see Jesus going at a million k's an hour because he's doing what the Father, and he's not concerned about whether this will work or not work. He knows that it, 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 there is some point of success in this because he's following the Father. The Father's taking us from glory to glory. He, he has good intentions for us. I know the fridge magnet, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, the plans I have for you are, 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 to, uh, are good, pleasing, to prosper you to, and give you hope in the future, which is true. But where are you on that? We need to trust the character of God. And God is good. Everyone say, God is good. And we cannot doubt his character. Let me find the scripture here. Proverbs 18.10. We need to know, and I want to say that to each one of you, and it's the word of God, that the Lord is reliable, the Lord is trustworthy, the Lord has your best intentions at heart. And many of us know what it's like to run to the Lord. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The Lord has safe arms for you. And we had that brilliant prophetic word from Gavin. The, the umbrella, that's this. That's that scripture. The name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and safe. What's going to keep you safe this year? Are you going to get the cheap umbrella? That's such a good picture, Gavin. Are you going to get the cheap umbrella? You know, from, I won't say the store because I want to honor all stores, from, you know, that store, you know, the one that's, the, you know. Or are you going to go like, I'm going to reach in deep and buy the good umbrella. Are we going to reach in deep and say, the Lord is going to be my umbrella, SPF 50, the sun's not going to touch me or harm me in any way because I'm under the Lord's care for 2024. Amen. The Lord is trustworthy. Psalm 18.2, and David knew it. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. He's your rock. He's your fortress. He's your deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. Take refuge. We see in the life of David, it was a, besides his weaknesses, I mean, he was a murderer, he was an adulterer. He knew how to take, the Lord is, it's interesting how much the Lord is for him despite how rotten David actually was. We actually see some of the things he did. But he knew that the Lord digged him. And you need to know that this morning that the Lord digs you in Jesus. That you're covered by the blood of Jesus and that is enough to find the favor of God. And if you haven't given your life to the Lord today, we've given opportunity today to come under the Lord's umbrella. If you don't have, you know, you're like, man, I'm on the outside. I don't, I've got the cheap umbrella and the sun is coming and it's going to beat down that you give your life again, or if you haven't, give your life for the first time tonight, and say, I'm, uh, this morning, and say, I'm coming under the protection of Jesus. I'm going to come into the ark, and the flood might come, but I'm in the ark of Jesus. And inside the ark, it's safe and warm, and those guys survive.
Maybe I can give that opportunity. Is that okay? Maybe I'll just do it now before the, the, the moment is lost. Maybe we could just close our eyes for a moment. If you know that you're not under the safety of God right now, why don't you just raise your hand where you are? And why don't you come right now spiritually, transition into that place where you can come under the protection of God? Is God the Lord of your life? Is He the boss of your life? Do you know Jesus right now? The Word of God says in Revelation that He knocks on the door of your heart. And you know what? There's only a handle on the inside of that door. He can't open that door. You need to open that door. Have you opened the door to Jesus? Is Jesus calling you today? Are you needing to come under His protection? Just lift your hand where you are and come under His protection and give your heart back to Him if you need to. Is there anyone that right now you know you need to come back under? You know that He died for your sins. And the Scripture says He died for your sins and paid for every single one of your sins. That you can be forgiven. That 2,000 years on the cross, Jesus made that sacrifice for you and for me. So that we could be happy. (laughs) That we could be free. Are you happy and free in Him right now? And if you're not, I encourage you to come and answer His call in His life. And come under His banner and His protection today. Is there anyone right now you feel like you want to do that? No, otherwise I'll, I'll just move on. And maybe we wouldn't give that call later for some of you that might want to think about it a bit longer. But is there anyone right now? Just quickly put up your hand and I'll pray with you. Otherwise we'll move on. Okay. We might do the call later. But if you haven't, I encourage you. Do it today. You don't know what tomorrow will hold. Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. The Lord is going to be very, very good to us in 2024. And we're going to be very, very bad for us. Let's not trust ourselves. My encouragement, I'm landing now, my encouragement for us this morning is we must step forward in faith today. And if you're not in that place, do it now. Matthew 13, 57 to 58 shows that God cannot do great things in our life unless we make a commitment to faith. So this is talking about Jesus in his hometown. And they took offense at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and in his own home. Jesus was ministering in his, in his hometown and he couldn't do miracles there. And it says, and he did not do many miracles there because of the lack of faith. Let's check your heart right now. And and see where it's at. Because you need to make a decision to step forward in faith. You need to trust God who He is for you. But you need to find faith. Matthew 17, 19 to 20 says, Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, they were trying to drive out demons in their ministry. And on one particular case, or possibly more, they, they couldn't achieve it. And they said, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied, Because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and you will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Maybe we can just stand where we are. I'm going to give the mic back to you, Anton, in a moment.